Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and, well, not quite with me this time. Uh, Gator, uh, Gator couldn't make it. Uh, he finally, we finally, we, we went, what, nearly three months into 2023 without Gator, and, uh, or with Gator, and, but, you know, finally happened that he had to miss an episode, so such is life. But I have on the line with me, Dan the Man Ponder of Riverman Cigar Company. How you doing, Dan? Doing good, Nick. How 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 are you doing today? I'm doing all right, and I brought you on because I want to talk trade shows. But before we get into all of that, first things first, I have a cigar to light up, and so I am lighting up the Aganorsa Leaf Supreme Leaf. It is a six by fifty four box press torpedo, and it's a Nicaraguan puro that uh, apparently is described as Corojo dominant. And uh, but the specifics had not been made, so it's it's all Nicaraguan, and uh, we're gonna go from there. What are you smoking there? Well, I'm smoking a Four Kicks Lancero, uh, limited edition 2022 blue label, and um, about halfway through this thing, and I think I'm gonna go to a Headley Grange. I hadn't had a Headley Grange in a long time from Crown Heads. Yeah. Got a couple boxes in the other day, and uh, I think that's what I'm going to navigate, uh, transition to uh, here in a bit. Well, there we go. Well, it's time to go ahead, for me at least, to cut my cigar, and the official cutting is brought to you by you, Dan the Man Ponder at Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And guys, as you just heard, he just got in a nice shipment from Crown Heads. He's got in all kinds of great cigars over there. Um, what are some of the other great cigars that you've gotten in lately, Dan? I, there's there's so many that I, I, I know I'm going to forget one, so I'll let you uh, kind of name off some of the new stuff that's come in lately. Yeah, you know, we've we've gotten a, um, you know, the Espinosa line has, we've gotten, we've added a few of that to, they've got a 10th anniversary out there. They've got another uh, knuckle sandwich from Guy Fiera that has come out uh in a connecticut um there is a rocky patel edge 20th anniversary uh let it be known for the guys that are out there that's that's relatively new that's come out uh that showed up uh in our doorstep um those casa fuentes uh which you know just the second round we've ever had of them i you know I, i heard you guys on the show and what what uh those of us in the business know you used to be able to just go out to Casa Fuente and get those things at the at the at the the cigar lounge there in the forum in the mall of Caesars at Vegas. And I went back kind of a short story. I went back in Texas uh, years ago when I was smoking down at Sirius Cigars there with Ron Lesrose, a wonderful guy. Shout out to Ron, legend in the industry and uh, learned a lot of osmosis by just sitting there smoking cigars with him in our presence. And, uh, anyway, um, uh, the, uh, there was, I went back and there was a whale at the shop and he's like, Oh my golly, I, I'm going to call out there. I'm going to get my Casa Fuentes. And he calls out there and wants to order four or five boxes. And they tell him, no, you know, we're not gonna oh, ship wow. I mean, we're talking thousands, yeah. thousands of dollars, right? I would say these aren't and cheap cigars. Like, yeah, I guess that's true. So anyway, as I understand it, when COVID hit, I guess they had a few extras and they started distributing them out to their uh opus accounts uh there's about 500 of us out there i think one out of six Fuente accounts is a opus account about three thousand total accounts i think they have shops like ours so anyway that's out there um and uh 
and several more. So, you know, that wasn't a ba- wasn't a banner winner, fall winner for releases or anything like that. But, you know, with PCA coming up, we'll, we'll start seeing some uh, seeing some signs of what they got coming down the pike here shortly. For sure. Well, guys, you heard some of the great cigars over there at Riverman Cigar Company. So if you're in the St. Louis area, swing on by and pick some up. And if you're not in the St. Louis area, Dan does do mail orders. You can give him a call and he'll get a box shipped out to you right away. That's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and cut my cigar. Wonderful. So you got a full crowd there tonight? We got two guys that are coming in uh, from out of town, one from uh, Tulsa, another from uh, Houston. They're up here getting some training uh, at a factory uh, south of here. And then uh, Jeff's here, uh, our railroad guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say if 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 my Jeff is there, I'm gonna kick his ass because he couldn't do this. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then Dave just came back from his hibernation to Florida, where he goes down there for two months and uh, down in the uh, 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 down in uh, the Panhandle of Florida. So he just uh, graces with his presence about an hour ago and just walked right through the door. So it's great to see him. We haven't seen him in a couple months. You know? That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to go watching women's, um, uh, you know, March madness kind of stuff. So okay. Later on tonight, the men have taken a break. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to go ahead and fire up my, uh, Supreme leaf here and get that going. And, uh, then you and I can talk about the topic at hand. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to get somebody on to kind of give their thoughts. And I figured, you know, you, you, you've gone to the PCA show, um, and yeah. I've gone to the TPE show, and so we can kind of, between the two of us, kind of talk about the two shows and, uh, you know, kind of what's going on here. But let me get this lit up. Oh. Okay. <coughs> Out here in the Jerry Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios... In the ice tent of love, and uh, I have the fans yeah. off so that I don't create background noise. And whoo, the smoke off the foot of this thing when I lit it up—it's a—it's a—it's a smokestack. I will say my first uh, thought on this Aganorsa leaf, Supreme leaf, is the band is extraordinarily high on the cigar, and so like it's right where you—I mean, like I'm—I'm I'm putting it in my mouth with the cigar. So. Um, I may be taking the band off of this thing sooner rather than later because it's kind of in a bit of an obnoxious spot. I won't. I don't know if it's supposed to be that high or if maybe just whoever was assembling it put it that high when they did mine. But it's uh, it's up a little high on me. In fact, I'm going to take it off right now so that it just stops being a problem. Anyway, so Dan, about the trade shows, it was announced. Um, I believe it was Friday. I think it was Friday. That um, PCA will be moving their trade show in 2024 from July, where they normally have it, and yeah. they're going to be moving it to, I believe, the end of March. And that puts it um, right at two, mean, just shy of two months from TPE 2024, and it puts it... Right. Right around nine months away from um, PCA 2023, you know. So, right, nine months, eight months. I don't know. It, it, it eight or nine months from PCA 2023. So, we're gonna have a real like collection of trade shows here, back to back to back. Um, TAA also is kind of in the mix there, 
and uh, you know that's a little bit more limited in its attendance and everything. But you know, what are what are your initial thoughts about PCA moving to March in uh, 2024? Yeah, I mean, I got several things uh, go through my mind, Nick, and uh, I guess TPE, which I've never been to, but it's always been kind of a January show. Uh, didn't have, I don't think, a whole lot of visibility until more recently, but. You know, we had what we call the Big Four uh, left, uh, don't participate, I guess, out at PCA in what used to be the July show mm-hmm. and will be this year. And they moved to the January, February show. Um, and that's what Drew Estates, Davidoff, General, and Alters, right? Precisely. So that really gave those guys a shot in the arm. Now, you're the guy that's been out there for four years or something like that, three or four times, you and Jeff. So you know better than I do, but you probably have seen a bit of a, of a of an uptick since your your first show out there, right? The, well, the, the first one I went to was uh, 2020, and um, Drew Estate was very very large and in charge there. Davidoff had a large booth. Um, Altidus tends to do fairly large booths. General, on the other hand, it's very very understated. Typically, it's like a card table and like two guys just sitting there with order forms. I mean, yeah. they they don't really they don't put on the dog and pony show. At TPE, it's really kind of one of those, like, you know you want us to just come over here and do the business kind of thing. And, um, you know, that was that was 2020. And I've never been to a PCA. And I, and I will say 2021 is kind of an odd year because with COVID, there was a lot going on with the show. And, um, you know, Drew Estate had pulled out of TPE in 2021 because of COVID. And it was just a different show. But then 22 and 23... Everybody was back and pretty much the way they've always been. General still with the card table, you know, but, uh, you know, it's it's just what it is. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, I, I've probably been, to, you know, I've been to, well, 30 years and five to 10 conferences a year. So I've probably been to 200 conferences in my old consulting days. And I was in charge of uh, of uh, putting it all together for the company, you know, getting the space. We're going to do a 10 by 10. We're going to do it. Uh, a 20 by 10 are we going to do it uh, 20 by 20 and then you got to get the booth so much smaller than what you see out there but I, i've been around that working with my marketing people and getting all the all the graphics and what kind of booth are you going to have and tables and sitting areas and quiet areas and all that kind of stuff so i really when i first saw uh pca which was in the mid 2000s i went to one down in houston i think it was 2007 and then i was at the 18 show um the, the, the booths are just gigantic mm-hmm. and you cannot come away thinking it seems like TP is more like I was accustomed to when I was going to the waste management and environmental shows back in my consulting days. Yeah. Whereas they're just over the top. I mean, we're talking, I don't know, double decker. I mean, you, you could be talking 5,000 square foot. I mean, the only people that had space even close to that were the people that are bringing trash trucks, Peterbilt, uh, full semi, you know, trailers, tractor trailers and 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 big you know d8 d9 bulldozers you know yeah 835 compactors that were compacting the trash they would have a gigantic space with some models out front so when i went to the show i was just like look these things are just too big i mean they're just they're just gigantic i mean you got uh for every person on the carpet there you know everybody's got you know you got 10 square foot per person on the carpet or something like wow. that. So we were packing them in a little, clo- a little tighter back in my consulting days. So yeah. I don't know how the, 
how the money works on that. Of course, you know, it's a big fundraiser for PCA, which is great because they do a lot of good work and lobbying and things like that. And I don't know if the boost size has, is just essentially a way of, of getting more money to the organization or could be. does that boost size go to the, go to the hall? Does it go to the hotel? Does it go to the convention center? And if that's the case, I think scale that down, but still figure out how you could take more of the money you know, leave, uh, divert, divert a portion of the money that's going to Vegas and, and, and move it to DC to the PCA where it could be used for, for lobbying dollars and stuff like that. So anyway, there's booth wars that have been going on and they've gotten bigger as far as moving it though, Nick, um, I was giving this some thought and somebody had told me a few months ago, uh, I think PCA might have around 4,000 members, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or 4,000 shops maybe they represent. Okay. You know, somebody might have 10 shops, three shops, four shops, 80 shops. You know, for us, we got one shop. So there's supposedly 4,000 members, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. About seven or 800 show up for the show. Okay. And that's been, I think it's stabilized in numbers. They report them, but, but, uh, but I think it's been going down a little bit. As far as I would address it, like the date and the location, and I think I think I think they're the moving the date closer to me seems, and, I, and I'm, I'm not talking with anybody. I don't have any inside information. Well, no, yeah. Like before we go more in direct competition, like oh, like, for you sure. Don't, you don't hear in you don't hear in in St. Louis where we had a gigantic, huge. Uh, factory outlet mall moved on one side of our highway out west, and then there was another one that moved across on the other side. Yeah, one's yep. got to make it, and one's not. And lo and behold, uh, one's got Burberry knockoffs or not or uh, seconds. The other one's got Ralph Lauren seconds. And well, anyway, one of them made it after about five years. The other one didn't, and it's being repurposed as a uh, entertainment venue, right? Yes, yes. Um, and so I don't know. I mean. Uh, PCA has to make it. I mean, that, that is their show. They don't have, you know, snacks and Twinkies and, and vape and CBD and, and, and C store stuff and all that. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, TP is about a quarter cigars. Is that right? Nick? You, you just hit the nail on the head with this. And before we go any further, I do want to say if anybody from PCA or anybody from TP is listening, we are just speculating. There's, there's no inside information oh, here, sure. but anyway, no. but, but, but you just hit the nail on the head, and this is one of the th- reasons why, you know, if this does, it does seem, you're right, it does seem like this is more of a, a head-to-head kind of war of the trade shows, you know, and if that's the case, I think there's a couple of interesting points to be had here, um, which you touched on the big four, um, you touched on the makeup of the shows and kind of what they consist of, and also you touched on the uh the attend the audience um of attendees you know you you you're right cigars is about a 25% um slice of the show floor at TPE the remainder the the red carpet and the blue carpet the red carpet is where the cigars are and that's about 25% the blue carpet is everything else from vape to cbd to gummies to cigarettes to to this that and the other thing and uh, you know snacks and whatever else it's all on the blue carpet yeah, just a little background, you know, to kind of put it in context so we can drill down a little deeper into maybe taking some guesses or opining on this, that, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, exactly, for sure. And, um, 
you know, it's one of those things where I my initial thought is pushing this closer to TPE. I think puts a lot of pressure on the big four to come back home. And the reason that I say that is because you, I, I'm going to ask you this, but I suspect I know the answer. As a retailer, if you're positioned and and put in the put in the position, I should say, of having to attend two trade shows in essentially two months, and you know, are you are 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 you going to do that? I mean, you're considering time away from the business. You're considering money spent on the trip. You're considering money spent as in buying product and everything. You know, you're considering deals like you know, are are the re- or are the the cigar manufacturers going to offer deals at TPE and then turn around and offer deals at PCA, or are they going to offer just deal? You know what I mean? It's it's like yeah. it's it's so close. I feel like it's putting the retailers in a position of having to choose and. I just kind of have a gut feeling that when it all comes down and and comes out in the wash, I think the uh, retailers are going to go with PCA. And if the retailers go with PCA, I think that puts pressure on the big four. Thoughts? Yeah. I I think uh, a couple things go to mind. I mean, there's been talk a lot about people really uh, not happy with um, the show Midsummer. I think that's been around for a long time. And you've heard Dave talk about it and others. It's, you know, 4th of July, busy time of the year. It is. Whereas March, 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 admittedly, I mean, let's, you know, we, the last time you were on, we talked about the slow time of the year being like that post Christmas up until spring kind of time frame. you know, by doing it at the end of March like that, you're kind of hitting shops right as they're coming out of the winter doldrums and they're gearing up for the big, uh, the big spring surge. Yeah, the biggest, but the biggest uh, couple, just a, one more background thing, uh, something I learned not that long ago was a guy who knew a lot about, knows a lot about the industry had let me know, Nick, that basically if you take those call 4,000 members or whatever in PCA, uh, 4,000 locations, however, however it's geared up, and seven or 800 are showing up for the show represented uh, with about 5,000 total attendees when you're looking at the vendors. Uh, you know, media, um, and uh, and then each each uh, shop can bring. Uh, I think up to four people can be badged. Um, you can't bring your favorite customer or favorite customers because you get expelled and uh, yeah. excommunicated and things like that. Some bad stuff. So you really got to show up with people that work. So, for example, with you working, you know, Thursday nights here helping us out, you could go out under our badge if you wanted, or yeah, or however else you wanted to do that. And that that's. Per, perfectly or like if or like if cindy came out or something like that sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. John, stuff like that yeah probably my brother you know who who helps us out when he can yeah uh that probably would be okay but you can't bring uh you know joe mama or something like that out there that's nicely yeah uh so uh although I, I so anyway if you're going to break these up into three categories of people, and I think this is how we get to the discussion of who does it benefit to move to March and who does, does it not? And yeah. I don't think it's one size fits all. I mean, I think certain people benefit um, uh, from it being moved uh, closer up earlier in the year. And I think there's people that don't benefit as much. And so the three different, the three different groups of people are, um, are the uh, good seeing you? 
Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by. Doing so the, the business. Doing the business. Groups, the three groups, Nick, are the first group I was told is the people that run the cigar shop like a business. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've all, a lot of us have worked in corporate or in a union or in a trade group or just in a large family business and, and they run it kind of like a business. So that's the first group. The second group are uh, what I was told were hobbyists. Okay. 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 And everybody can picture who that might be. Somebody that just really loves cigars. They're kind of running it as a hobbyist. And then the third group is really what, what I was told trying to buy a job or create a job. So they're going to work that store, you know, you know, by themselves, maybe with a family member. And, uh, and that's the third group. So, uh, the first group I was told is about 15% of the cigar shops out there are uh, being run like a business. Okay. Um, the second group or the third group, about 50%. The, th- where, the third know, group, the ones that are creating themselves a job. Creating themselves a job. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, they're going to open it up, shut it down, maybe have a family member, maybe a part-time person. Uh, and then the middle group is about 35% hobbyists. Okay. So, um, if you're in that latter group, group three, yeah, that's, that's a busy time of the year and you're coming out there and you're away from your store and I can see how you could really, uh, maybe think, gosh, early March is better. It's, you know, especially for those of us up North, you're sitting there going, wow, uh, this is a good time. This is a better time for me because I'm not being pulled out of my summer season, you know, mm-hmm. when the crops are going in the ground, if you're a farmer or you're, you're trying to harvest the crops. So I could see their advantage, but if you're, if you're a business guy, especially a small guy, and maybe of that, of that, of, of, of all the people in PCA, which is, you know, this is a members conference. So you have to be a member of PCA in order to go out there. For sure. I would like to think that like there's 80 or 90 of us percent of us. They're just little guys like we are. Yeah, I mean, they're just single shop owners and they're not these big guys that are kind of run almost like corporations, you know, for sure. So for us, I'll talk about that group. So for that group, I mean, um, if the show was moved to the end of March uh, and then all of a sudden you start getting a bunch of cigar bills coming in the next month or even on the spot and 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 you don't have any revenue coming in or as much revenue coming in because you're coming out of the winter, uh, it could be from a cash flow standpoint, it might be something that you have to, you have to go do now. Yeah. Your buying power is definitely hindered at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and and so, so you're going to have to get, take a loan out. You're going to have to do whatever you're going to do to get some, get some capital together, uh, run your credit card limit up, whatever you're going to have to do to try to just practically absorb all this. Now, that's what you're going to have to do potentially from the shop side if it's run the same way. However, if, and I haven't heard this, but if the manufacturers decide to, okay, we're going to take your order in the end of March, but we're going to kind of ship it to you a little bit more when you need it. Cause a lot of us kind of run just in time. Okay. Uh, the manufacturers really do a great job of getting the cigars to us through UPS ground. Most of us go UPS ground. You can't ship it on FedEx. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of this stuff shows up depending on where you live, but here in Missouri, St. Louis, we can get stuff in about three to four days sent up to us from Miami. So let's just say, yeah, from Miami, okay. Florida, South Florida. You know, there's Naples people, there's Tampa people, yeah, there's yeah, Miami yeah. people, that kind of stuff. 
and the UPS network gets it up here pretty quick. So I could see going out there because because you, you're slow, slower, and you got time. Whoever the principals are, they could come out there, maybe bring a little bit more staff out there with you, and that would be great. But if you're going to go ahead and you know some people try to buy up to 25 percent of their entire um, years uh, purchasing out there at the show, yeah, and try to take advantage of some deals. Then, then, then you're going to have to have something set up to be able to, uh, to be able to pay for that uh, expense, you know, right there after you sit down with 20 or 25 people and you and you spend, you know, thousands of dollars with each person, you know, that adds up to be a pretty big number for a small shop. I would imagine so. So, so if there, and I haven't heard this, but I would suggest it and recommend it if you could go out there, put your order in, see the new stuff. Um, and I guess they're going to have to give, give give these guys a little bit of time to have their new product available. You know, a lot of times they just in time when the new product is available and it's not fully, uh, it's hasn't fully aged until, you know, May or June, you know, and then yeah. they have it ready for July. So now they're going to have to have this thing ready by January or February. So they're going to need a year or so to start working that into their cigar blending process, right? For sure. And but let's just say you can go out there as part of this 80 or 90% of us that are pretty small. And, and you can say, okay, I'm going to take your order now, but you tell me, what do you want to ship April one? What do you want to ship immediate? What do you want to ship uh, May one? What do you want to ship June one? Then I think it could really work out pretty well because you got, you got the best of both worlds. You got a slower period of time. Convenient timing. Yeah. But then you also have the ability to to accept the, uh, to accept the, uh, the shipment and therefore um, process the payment. Uh, at a time that works out better when your cash flows a little better within the business. That makes a lot of sense. I don't know. I, you know, I know we're just conjecturing here and everything. I don't know, you know, if manufacturers are looking at that or not, but that actually does make a lot of sense. Um, you know, cause let's be real. Part of the reason that, uh, you and I have talked and part of the reason that like you, you haven't attended TPE is with it being in January. It's just not a convenient and practical time for you to do, um, a lot of purchasing. Yeah. Shop like ours. I mean, if I go out there in January into January and I buy a bunch of product, it shows up in February, you know, I'm going to have to sit and look at that stuff for several months. And, uh, but you have a bill due, a, due to the state of Missouri for everything that you brought in. Yeah. And a bill due to them on the spot or, or Precisely. firms uh, down the road a little bit, but not a, not a lot, a lot long time down the road. So there has to be some sort of an understanding that when is payment going to need to be collected and uh, when are we going to be ordering and when are they going to be able to get the new stuff available and that kind of thing. So those are some of the things to go through my mind, Nick, as you ask the question and you lay it out there. Uh, the other thing is I really do think that, and this is what I voted for uh, when they went out to the members. I mean, I really do think in my old days of consulting, we had a big show. It had about 15,000 people. It was waste management related. And um, we were Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, and Vegas. Okay. And it just rotated around. So the Vegas show would, in my old consulting days, would have a lot more West Coast people, a lot of California people. Some of those guys can even drive over from Southern California. Um, I don't even think San Fran's, I don't know, maybe five, six hours. I don't know how far San Fran is. from, But LA, LA, LA basin there, that was about a five-hour drive, I think, or less. Okay. Um, then you go into the Southeast and all of a sudden you start getting the Southeast people going to the show and, and they may not show up at the Vegas show, but it was on like a four year rotation, Chicago, upper Midwest, you know, it's easy to access Chicago from here, St. Louis, 
Um, and so that also seemed to get numbers up in, and, uh, and, uh, each of those venues did a great job. They were great facilities. There was plenty of hotels. And, uh, and if you're looking at someone that might attend a show, every other show or every three, you know, every third show, when the show comes in your area and in your region, um, that would be a, a show that you would want to, you would want to get. And that might get some more, uh, participation and interest in PCA. Yeah. Um. Uh, rather than it's always out in Vegas. So it's not so much the cost of going out there. I think that's pretty minimal. It's just amount of, if, once you go out there, you, you, you typically overbuy the whole, the whole setup is set up to, you know, push a bunch of shiny objects in front of you that you actually want. I mean, how are you going to turn down the 25th anniversary of this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That? Uh, so a lot of those things need to be factored in. It's not as much as the physical cost, Sometimes it's not as much as the time away from the shop for some of us that have staff that work at things like that, but it's more like the timing of bringing all that product in. You don't want it to sit on there. Everybody wants to turn this stuff. You don't want to become a cigar museum. You want to be a retail shop where you can actually uh, uh, move this stuff as quick as possible. So, No, that makes a lot of sense. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, it's, it's definitely, I will say it's an aspect that, uh, you know, it doesn't get talked about a lot, you know? I don't think um, so. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think people understand the three different groups of cigar shop ownership or operations. I don't think everybody is really understanding, like, uh, everybody's chomping at the bit to get a, um, 25% of their, uh, cigar purchase for the year bill in April versus in August, where you had <laughs> two or three or four good months of building up some, and, some capital. And, and you're going to uh, have two or three, more good months afterwards to replenish that capital that you've yeah, expended. You're fine. You know? Yeah, you're, you're just you're just you're 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 in the uh, you're you're in the busy season. And um, uh, now the flip side of that is we are all probably after going through Christmas, after the New Year, and and kind of restricting our buying in January and February. Come March, I can see how some people could say, well, okay, these guys haven't bought for a couple months. They're chopping at the bit. They're ready to go. Um, so I think one of the things that's not being spoken of, maybe it's being addressed, maybe it's not being addressed, is when would you actually have to receive that product? And yeah. To repeat myself. And then when would, the, when, when would you be on the clock to where you would have to start cutting chips? Well, and, and the question you just posed about, you know, these guys being chom chomping to the bit to get more orders. And, I mean, that's where it comes back to that question that you asked earlier about by moving it, who does this benefit? Who does this serve? You know, is it serving manufacturers at the detriment of maybe some of the retailers? Is it serving some of the bigger retailers versus some of the smaller retailers? You know, who, you know, the ultimate question is who does this benefit? Now, one of the things that we talked, you know, that you brought up was the idea of moving the show. And the show is moving in Las Vegas. It is moving from the Venetian uh, where it's always been held, over to the uh, Las Vegas Convention Center, which is where TPE is held. And yeah. so it's, it's so it's jumping venues within Las Vegas there. Um, but uh, it's it's still staying in Vegas. I know there was some talk of New Orleans, but obviously it, it stayed there. Um, uh, now, when Did I see that it was going to be in New Orleans in 2024, though? Well, no, 24 is what we're talking about with Vegas in March. 
Okay, maybe twenty. I'm sorry, then maybe twenty five is one. Now that I don't know, I have not heard about anything with twenty five. So yeah, maybe they haven't picked that yet. I'd like yeah. to see it move around, just personally. I think it would be nice. And then also, we when I was there in eighteen, it was at the, uh, it, it 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 was at the convention center. It was not down to Sands. Mm, okay. Well, I know the last few years they had returned to the Sands, and so. Sure. Um, you know, but they're they're during heading. the COVID years, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, but anyway, so um, it's complicated, right? I mean, it, it's well, like, it so- it can't be easy for either one of these shows to find a venue that is going to be okay with thousands of people standing around all day for three to five days smoking in a in a room. I mean that that cannot be an easy thing to find um, when you're planning out one of these shows. So. I, I do give some some deference to the to the organizers of both of these shows because let's be real sure. you know let's be real it's easy for you know a tra- or you know a waste management industry uh, trade show a journalism convention something like that to bounce around to different menus all over the con- the country but a cigar trade show where everybody's going to be firing up and smoking cigars yeah I would think that would be a difficult thing to try and track down a home for. You know, so think of the think of like with all this. The the other thing is we didn't really mention this is I think and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the principal cigar manufacturers, blenders, owners, they're more or less out in force at PCA, and I know that to be a fact. They are versus maybe the lieutenants, captains, majors, uh, lieutenant colonels are out at the uh, at TP. Is that correct? That I would say so because um, I know. There's never been one year at TPE that I've been like, holy crap, everybody is here. You know, this year we saw, um, we did see Rocky Patel at his booth. Um, couldn't get him for any time, but whatever. Uh, Jonathan Drew was at the Drew Estate booth, same deal. But, um, you know, but Nick Perdomo, for example, was down in Nicaragua doing farm tours. And, yeah. you know, so it, it's, it, and, and Michael Herklotz was out at um, the, uh, uh, festival uh, pro cigar in uh, in the Dominican, you know. So it's one of those things that, like, it, in in January, February, there's always something going on between farm tours and little festivals and big festivals and things like that. To where it doesn't seem like at any point you've been able to pull all the big principles together in one space. Whereas it does feel like with PCA, that's exactly the thing. That's the thing. No matter when it is, these guys they 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 make sure they're at PCA. And that's the other thing, getting back to the, the greater question of, you know, if there's a war between these trade shows, who ends up winning? I do think that the, the muscle, the, the, the manufacturer, the, the cigar celebrity cigar kind of muscle, for example, is, is behind PCA, maybe more so than TPE. And I think that'll help it out as well. The other thing that we touched on that I did want to uh, circle back to that I think is an understated or maybe not stated, but but I do think it's a present issue that TPE has is um, the mixture of products on the show floor. There are some companies that will not display a TPE because they don't want to be associated with the CBD, the vape, the the gummies, and the THC, and all the rest of that stuff on the blue okay. carpet. They just they just won't show up. And then there's other companies that do show up that have told me privately we hate the fact that these guys are here because we're trying desperately to distance ourselves from all of that industry but 
we have to be here in order to capture sales and things like that. And yeah. and I wonder if by putting them so close together, because that's the other thing. Let's be real. That's the other thing. Are these manufacturers going to set up the size booth, the 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 giant, you know? Because let's you know the the TPE booths. They're not. Some are not as big as as PCA, but there are some that are still very large. Are they still going to shell out the cost for both shows in the course of two months, or are they going to minimize or even distance themselves from TPE? Just go all in on PCA and you know whatever. And I think the more companies that leave TPE because PCA is only like two months later. You know, are you going to see maybe a shrinking of the red carpet at TPE as a result of this? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And then just just circling back a little bit to a big shop, and you know, we're not a big shop, but thinking about that, I mean, it's going to be hard to buy TPE into January, then buy again uh, into March, and then buy a TAA because a lot of these big shops are also TAA members. Precisely, folks. Now you got three buying opportunities at the beginning of the year, and uh, theoretically, uh, with the exception of the TA exclusives, I, I don't know where, why, whatever deals are offered at TA, TA would not be uh, for something similar. Maybe offered, I don't know if it would be offered at TP or, or or that. But I mean, showing up to three of those that that's a lot of. I know there's not a lot going on for some of us during the winter, but still three of those. And then if you want to, if you want to do a. a uh, Puro Sabar down in Nicaragua, or yep. if you want to do the Pro Cigar down in the Dominican, or you want to go on a farm tour, uh, which is really January, February, or, or the farm tours. There's a lot happening during that time. So it, it seems like it's becoming more and more crowded, and something might have to give, right? Oh, I, I, I fully believe so. Because, look, even the big guys, like, you know, we've I've heard Dave Garofalo mention it with uh, in regards to Two Guys Smoke Shop. You know, even though he's a, a much larger operation and has the uh, maybe the, the, the capital to be able to outlay on uh, larger orders at one time and everything like that, you know, look, the winter months are still rough for him. I mean, you know, especially up in the Northeast like that, you know, it gets cold. Nobody, you know, you see a massive slowdown and then you see a pickup whenever the weather starts to break and get nicer. And yeah. so, you know, it's, it. I'm not saying that he doesn't have the ability to maybe go out and do these purchases, but it's still something to be considered that it's just a slow time of year for, for cigar shops. And, Packing in all of these buying opportunities into the first quarter of the year, it does feel like it's just too much and that people are going to get kind of pushed out a little bit, you know? Yeah, so there's a lot lot happening there. So I th- it sounds like there's going to be winners. There's going to be losers. There's going to be some ties. Um, it's going to shake out the way it's going to shake out. Um, there's a lot, lot to factor in there. And and then the, the big question is, is, is I know – you know, we talked about, you know, maybe 80 or 90, 85, 90% of us are just small guys out there, but the big guys, they all definitely move the needle and, and they buy a lot of product out there. And I know they're really important for the manufacturers to meet with them and put in their big orders, and you know, six and seven figure orders and things like that. And that, that's really important. So they, 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 uh, however this thing gets structured and organized that, you know, you have to, you have to make sure they, uh, they're uh, taken care of as well but 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 you cobble together a you know 
15, 20, 30 of us as small guys are and, and, and that becomes a big number too, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I will be very curious to see what impact this has on TPE 2024, which is taking place, I believe, January 31st through like February 2nd, if I'm remembering the dates correctly. Because, you know, the way it's worked in the past at TPE, um, employees of TPE are going around at the booths at the actual show signing up you know, companies to come back for the next year already right there at the show. Sure. And, you know, this announcement about PCA obviously came out, you know, well after TPE was over, but a solid, what, maybe two about a month after TPE was over. And so, you know, how many of these guys signed up for 20 TPE 24 and then found out that PCA 24 is going to be two months later and are sitting back going, well, shit, I don't know if I would have signed up for TPE if if uh, I would have known that PCA was switching like this, you know? And I, 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 I'm, I'm very curious. I don't know if I'll ever know, but I'm very curious to know what the inside scoop is as to uh, what's going on over at TPE regarding, you know, maybe people calling and saying scaling down booth size, canceling altogether. I, I think it'd be interesting to know. Well, the people you talked to at TPE this year, I mean, they were happy with the sales they were glad they were out there and things like that right they were they were happy with the sales and they were glad they were out there but also they had you know five months before the next time they were going to be out there and i just i just really think pushing two of them back for all intents and purposes back to back in las vegas like that one of them is going to shake out as the winner and one of them is going to shake out as the loser and i just feel like the mixed product uh, show floor at TPE is going to be an issue for them with keeping the cigars. And I, you know, look, there's always going to be cigars at TPE. I mean, Drew Estate, they do enough sea uh, store business with the acids that they're going to have some sort of a presence. Is it going to be the giant two story booth blaring the music and having the DJ and, you know, the all the floor space and everything? I don't know, but they're at least going to have something. And I would imagine that General and Altidus and all these guys, they're probably going to still have something because, you know, they have they have very well-known brands that um, yeah. do sell in convenience stores and various other, you know, ancillary shops and stuff like that. But, you know, a shop like yours or um, something like that, are, are, are you guys going to be as interested in a scaled-down cigar portion at TPE enough to be able to go and that's assuming it does scale down, but I just, for the life of me, I cannot imagine it won't. I just cannot imagine it won't. I have one company in mind, and I'm not going to name that company, but there is one company, I'll tell you privately, but there's one company in mind right now that it would not surprise me one bit if they take this opportunity to pull out of TPE like immediately and and just go all in on PCA because it's so close time-wise because they yeah. just do not like being associated with uh, the blue carpet stuff. Well, these guys are both, you know, the, 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 both of those shows are, from what I understand from TPE and being a PCA, I mean, they're tremendous shows. and There's a lot of enthusiasm and scuttlebutt and things like that. And, you know, how much is a scuttlebutt going to really change if you go out there in February versus you go out or January versus you go out in March? It's, For it's sure. kind of the same old scuttlebutt. When I used to do consulting, like I said, I was always, I always would meet with my, um, 
guys that I thought were out there on the floor. And I'd say, hey, what's the take-home message from the show? You know, in, in the past, it's been FDA regulations or it's been um, uh, uh, flavored cigars or it's been whatever, you know. Yeah. So you're going to get that at the TPE show the same way you're going to get that at PCA. I think, I mean, just talking out loud here, but I mean, with TPE, I mean, the elephant in the room has got to be cannabis and and. Oh. and C stores and I mean, but basically cannabis. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Cannabis if, and mushrooms. If the, if the if the letter C isn't added to the to the show um, description at some point in time, I mean, how can you not? That 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 industry is just going to take off like a um like like a weed, no pun intended. When seventy five percent of your show floor is dedicated to, I, I mean, it's not a hundred percent dedicated to cannabis, but like. I'd say there's a giant percentage of that 75% that is dedicated to THC and CBD, be it within, you know, um, gummies, vapes, or, or anything else. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's be real. There was plenty of uh, skunky smell walking through the blue carpet on the way back to the food court in the back of the hall, you know? So, um, well, you're out there, yeah. and, and I can only imagine that that the percentage of uh, with all the states that are opening up here, including we just went here in the state of Missouri to recreational marijuana. I mean, is there is there a uh, is that the premier uh, show for uh, for cannabis retailer and, and for the cannabis industry you in, know, in general? Is I that can't. The, is that the premier show? I honestly can't tell you because I don't really know enough about that industry to know. I think. After talking to somebody on the blue carpet, it, I do remember they were saying there is another show that comes to Vegas not too terribly long after TPE that yeah. um, they also display at. Um, and maybe that's something to look at. Maybe it's something to look and say, like, okay, there is another cannabis-related show that comes along right after TPE. How does that – how does one – does one cannibalize the other one, you know? And I, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. In time, that might become the real competitor for TPE and not uh-huh. PCA, and, and PCA may win back or or at least uh, stabilize or hold their own when it comes to the cigar industry because they are, you know, one hundred percent, you know, cigars and uh, and pipes, of course. But um, so I, I, I guess uh, I guess all this is to be determined, but yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if we're talking a couple years from now. It's uh, hey. Uh, uh, cannabis is just over, over, uh, is, is just, is, is the 800 pound gorilla at the show. And, and, uh, most of the cigar stuff is, has found its way back to, uh, PCA for those that were looking for an excuse to go to just one show. If they're cigars, I think they're going to be, you know, PCA, obviously if they're cannabis and convenience stores and stuff like that, they're going to be with TPE and maybe, Maybe those both shows grow and and meet their goals and and wouldn't that be a wonderful thing if, if it just turns out to be a win win after a, a year or two of transition you know oh I think it'd be great if both can survive and thrive you know so close to one another um, I just question whether or not that I just question whether or not at least in terms of the cigar side if that's feasible because I just it's such a small you know industry. You know, there's what, you know, you've told me before, there's maybe like four, four or 5,000 shops in the country, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you're not talking like 
oh, there's 20,000 cigar shops in the country. And so, yeah. you know, now, cigars are whatever, available, you know, like grocery stores and for sure, for sure. And all that. That, yeah, that's a different ballgame. But yeah. But uh, I don't know. I just I, it'll be very interesting to see how my and and going back to it, my my other big thing that I'm watching very closely because I think it'll be very interesting to see is if you see a shift of the retailer from TPE to PCA, and you see a shift of at least a portion of manufacturers going all in on PCA and forgetting about TPE or minimizing their TPE presence and going big with PCA. I do wonder if with that kind of a, of a, of a headwind, if that forces um, the big four back to PCA, you know, and, and do a little mea culpa and, and come back and, and display there. Yeah, I think it's more, I think for those guys, and I don't know this for sure, but I would say it's more of a philosophical uh, discussion or decision on their part regarding, and I don't know the details of all of that, uh, not being in the inner workings of any of that, but well, yeah. there's other people that would be able to talk more to that point. But I, I, I think it's more because the, because the big guys, you know, they can afford to go to both. They can afford to go to probably much more than just two of them. So they can, but why would you want to go to both? If, if let's say if you're talking, if, if you're talking, 500 retailers going to PCA out of, out of, you know, 4,000 total shops, you know? Yeah. Uh, I heard a number like 700 a few years Okay. Ago. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. You said seven, seven, 800. So, okay. So let's say seven, 800 are going, that's not quite 25%, but you know, we'll, we'll just kind of call it 25%. If you're talking 25% of your, of your total shops are going to one trade show, then I would like to know what the percentage is going to TPE, and then I'd like to know what the what the crossover between those two is, you know, because like who's going to both? Because if if they're going to both, more than likely they're going to pick one or the other when they get so close together like this. And I just like I said, I'm very curious to know because I think it is going to. I think for some of these guys, it's going to come down to the math. Yeah, I mean, does does, does marijuana become so mainstream? That rather than uh, you know going get the blunt and and and, uh, and 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 merging that with the with the tobacco with the marijuana insides, I mean, does somebody come up with you know a cigar like that at some point in time um, that can be sold at a retail that that opens up a whole can of worms and it's different licensing and stuff like that. But if you can. I know some people have have come out with a CBD. I was gonna say I know there's been some CBD cigar ones. And Josh, uh, uh, I forgot the name of that company, but but that that does does that start? Is there is there some crossover? And that would probably be uh, TPE would be the uh, probably the ones that would take the lead in that regard. Yeah, and that's just another you know wrinkle into the argument. Who knows where that lands? Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about that product, and it's like you know I just don't know how that would even work because, you know, you you inhale with pot, but you do not with cigars, and so the last yeah, thing I'm talking about more like something that you know we all have these OTP licenses. So I get what you're saying. Would have to be would have to be able to be licensed by an existing 
facility. I'm not talking about cigar shops, you know, trying to sell both here. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. Is here's our cannabis over here and here's our cigars over there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know, Dan. It's a, it's a lot of questions, not a lot of answers right now, but uh, I think it'll be a very interesting thing to uh, watch over the next year. Yeah, the PCA show this summer will give us an indication of as you're going around, you know, are you going to P- TP, you going to one, you going to both. I mean, there'll be a there'll be an indication of how this thing is going to land in 2024 um, at the summer show. And uh, you'll start hearing some scuttlebutt of either they didn't sign up or they're pulling out or they're doubling down or they're going to both shows. But I think your point of going to two shows within 60 days of each other is going to be um, uh, uh, it, it's going to take. Um, I, I I think it does take the elephant in the room. Like how many of these shows can you go to? And I think it, it brings it a bit more, puts a finer point on it. And and, and I think uh, there's going to be people that are going to more people are going to go to one or the other than to go to both. I think the number that go to both are going to decrease over time. For sure, for sure. I think. Well, let's talk about the cigars for a minute. I don't know if you're still on the Lancero or if you've moved on to that Headley Grange or not. No, not yet. I'm still uh, going on the. Uh, I'm still on this Lancero. All right. Well, I'm on. I'm about halfway through my Aganoris Leaf Supreme Leaf, and it started off um, very uh, earthy with a little nuttiness to it, some real peppery notes to the to the smoking experience. I did do a retrohale while we were talking, and um, very peppery on the retrohale. And as I got to like the second, third, kind of got into this where I'm in the, where I'm at right now, um, some of that peppery, uh, kind of, it's still there, but a creamier note kind of came into play. It just became a little bit more smoother, a little creamier and everything. And, uh, I don't know, it, it, but it's a very good cigar construction. It's great. Super tight burn line, the draw, and it's been amazing. It is a torpedo and I, I did a straight cut, you know, kind of slight at a slight angle and uh it's it's drawing wonderful i haven't had to you know recut it or anything like that so i've been i've been very happy with the uh agonorsa leaf supreme leaf yeah you know and and i'm not on the payroll with agonorsa but after i'm about to say what i'm about to say people might think i am because <laughs> we had the we had the agonorsa experience here in november where yep terrence uh riley and and uh ryan polar you know who's one of the the best reps out there uh, with the Polar Brothers down there in Dallas, and he, he's he's an amazing rep. And they came up, and we 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 went in heavy with a big purchase. And I think you you've seen the cabinet there. I think we had forty different faces, oh, or yeah. something like that. And you know, between the torch and 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 the uh, the JFRs and the lunatic and and the Supreme Leaf, and we even had a rare leaf, and uh, you know, which is almost impossible to get. And there's the, the anniversary, thing, the thing that, yeah, the anniversarios and things yeah. like that. The thing that, and I think I think people are are or that are do not have Anganorsa are really, you know, the shops that are out there are really missing out because these guys are vertically integrated, and although they're probably making cigars for other people and providing tobacco for other people, guess what? When 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 things hit the fan like they did a couple of years ago with COVID and stuff like that. I mean, are they, are they using the tobacco for their cigars and, and using the rollers for their cigars? Or are they just saying, nah, we're not going to roll any JFRs. We're not going to roll any anniversaries. We're going to help out uh, this other company. And I don't know how that all gets reconciled, 
but I do think that 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 plays into uh, whose cigars are they going to roll first. So the fact that they're vertically integrated and they're seed to cello all the way through is an amazing uh, uh, advantage for them to have and and for any retail shop that has a relationship with them uh, when in in the bad times, you know, when for sure. in, when when you start to hear about. Uh, uh, reduction in rollers and things like that. And then the second point that I want to make is, man, their cigars are affordable. I mean, For relatively sure. affordable because of inflation. But I was sitting there looking at that rare leaf, which is like arguably, you know, the cigar that is just the hardest and in, 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 in their uh, out of their skews to get a hold of. And it's like a 12 or $13 cigar. I mean, it's a celebratory cigar. So the you know the JFRs are like in the seven to eight dollar range. Yeah, I think uh, the MSRP on the Supreme Leaf is around eleven bucks. Yeah, so, I mean, like you know, it's like you're kidding me. You know, <clears throat> where that's a twenty dollar, that's a twenty some odd dollar cigar if it's made by a um, by a company that does not have rollers, does not have farms, does not have sales, does not have precisely. Houses. So um, you really give. And, and 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 they're selling their tobacco to some of the top people uh, in the industry that I guess can remain nameless. I don't know if it's I, I, I don't know anything nobody else knows, but there's some famous companies that buy tobacco from those guys because yeah. they're the largest grower of tobacco in Nicaragua. Sixty percent of a humidor might be at a shop might be Nicaraguan tobacco, so a large percentage of that is coming from the Aganorsa family. So having a relationship with those guys is a pretty good idea, in my opinion, if you're a retailer for definitely. whatever that's worth. Definitely, definitely. Well, while I've still got you on the phone, why don't we go ahead and get into this, because I don't want to do this by myself. We all need to live united, but one must go. Brought to you by United Cigars, makers of La Giana Havana, Abuelo, Red Anchor, Firecracker, and of course, United Cigars. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Garofalo, Montoza and Terranova and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Bandolero. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United, United Cigars. So I could go with the obvious and ask One Must Go and name off the big three trade shows, but uh, I'm not going to do that because I, right. I think that would be pretty crappy. There's people but, out there I think thank you for that too. Yeah, I'm sure there are, but I think it would be pretty crappy of me to do that. Um, but so uh, who you are, Nick. Oh, yeah. So, um, do you have any suggestions for the one must go or, or are we winging this? Um, I don't know if there's anything that I, I, sometimes I throw it to Jeff, you know, to see if he's got anything. So I'm throwing it to you to see if you've got anything that you wish to, uh, I know, I know you guys have done the old Connecticut Maduro and, uh, Habano, and Habano before and in the shop here recently, I've been describing that as, strawberry vanilla and and um chocolate not so much for the flavor but just you know you can go into baskin robbins and get 32 flavors or you can just have a party at your house and have ice cream and you could have vanilla strawberry and chocolate and 99 of the people are going to be okay with one of those three so um i think you've done that before we have um i don't have any can't think of anything right off the top of my head nick uh, okay you got one well so we can go to an old standby here um and uh, it's one that, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know if I've done this one or not. I might have. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, everybody cuts a cigar. 
Um, some people like the straight cut, some people like the V cut, some people punch. And so if one has to go, which one are you getting rid of? Straight cut, V cut, or punch? Okay. It's a simple one, but you know, it works. Yeah. And, and, and that's a really easy one for me. For me, it's punch. Me too. I just um, think that I just think the skill level to get it done right. Um, a lot of us don't have uh, adequate tools to do it right. I'm sure a punch cut is 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 you know certainly is is a good thing to have in certain cigars and sizes and whatever. But a lot of us don't have the proper punch tool. We might have one at the bottom of our lighter or something like that, and yeah. it, it kind of gets out. It kind of creates a cavity in there, but. Sometimes it gets stuck inside, and you got to do some uh, remedial work, uh, which can mess up the wrapper and, and and your smoking experience. So, I would uh, I would vote uh, uh, punch off the island. I would also vote punch off the island because I think it really all depends on ring gauge size. Um, you know, I had a Corona cigar um, uh, last night. I, I smoked a uh, uh, La Libertad from Villiger, and um, the uh which is a great cigar but uh the the size of it was a corona so it's just a littler cigar and with a punch i think you can you can punch it and it almost is large enough that it's like a uh kind of like a a a, a, a straight cut to a degree because the the head on that cigar isn't very large but obviously if you're doing like a gordo or even like a larger size toro like i think you know perdomo tends to do like a 54 ring gauge on their toros or epicures, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, going with a with a punch on on a, a larger ring gauge cigar. What I always found is that over time, if you're smoking with a with a punch, because you're drawing everything through a smaller hole at the head of the cigar, sometimes I got a little bit of tar buildup and and kind of some some nastiness going on there with that yeah. that I don't get with a straight cut or a V cut, and so. Um, because of that, I, I would I would also vote punch. Yeah, and I got a quick semi-related story that happened at the shop the other day, and I was sitting here, and it was we were pretty crowded here in the back, and somebody was started talking about lighting a cigar and things like that, and 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 it was one of the newer guys, uh, one of King's uh, younger oh. guys that he brought in here. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. He was smoking the like, Aladino, uh, Connecticut, I believe. Yeah, well, it was, he was talking about he was talking about lighting a cigar, and I was talking to him about it. And some of the guys, uh, regulars, were hanging around here, and and I was just like, uh, I was just like, you know, trying to explain to him about toasting the end of the cigar and spending an extra eighteen to twenty five seconds on getting that thing lit because you're going to be smoking it for the next hour and a half. And when I see kind of user errors, a lot of times it's with regards to lighting that thing. For um, sure, very, very few, most people just torch it up and. You see a big flame. It's, it reminds me of throwing lighter fluid on the on the charcoal, you know. <laughs> and and then and then you got to smoke that burnt uh, wrapper for so long. So uh, anyway, I was going on and on about that, and I said, you know what though, I see it happen so many times. Probably nine out of ten times, people are kind of lighting their cigar the wrong way. I said, I just can't sit here. I don't want to sit here and correct you guys you know, nonstop every night. And, and good old Walt just says, and we appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> so I sit back and, and, and one of the things I do for a living is just sit back and watch people light their cigars the wrong way. Exactly. You know, and, and, stay, and stay silent about it. And I don't know if that's happening in other shops around the country, but I imagine it is. Oh, but I'm sure. I know one of our, 
beloved customers uh, thanked me, you know, personally for uh, not correcting them. But for those that are out there, give a little thought to uh, lighten your cigar kind of in a more technical, proper way of toasting rather than torching or burning. And I, I think you're going to have a little better. Uh, I think you're going to have a little better smoking. Experience. Somebody needs to teach that to Gator because I've been trying for nearly four years, and uh, he just uh, well, he, he can, still he scalds the hell out of the end of it. Drink, you know? Yeah. And uh, and I uh, I and I don't mean that directed towards Gator. But I do. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I see it. I see it all all the time, and and you know, with sixty percent or whatever of the flavor coming from the wrapper. I mean, we call these cigars by the wrapper name for a yeah. reason, right? We call them Habano, Maduro, Connecticut, Sumatra. And the last thing uh, in the world you want is around. charcoal. Yeah. yeah. If you got the steak charcoal on the outside, then all of a sudden you, you, you're not happy with how it tastes or it doesn't taste the same as the one in the restaurant. Guess what? It might've been that you just burned the outside. Mm-hmm. And specifically with the Connecticut's, I mean, the lighter shade stuff is real delicate. And, uh, Which is why he real- smokes. And for the life of me, I don't understand why Jeff doesn't take that extra, you know, 20 seconds to, to, you know, do it properly. But I, you know, I, he's, he's just so convinced that he has to just scald the end of it. And I don't, I don't understand why, but well, and, you know, all of us get into that, into that thing. And, and, you know, if you, if you, uh, and then, you know, the, the flame probably shouldn't be touching the, 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 Tip the of head the, of the cigar, yeah. the, 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 you know, so many centimeters above the tip of the flame. Yeah. You want to you use know, the heat of the flame, not the flame itself. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some great videos out there to go through. Nick Nick Perdomo has one for sure, and I think it's got over a million views or something. I'll like be that. honest, that's one that I watched a long time ago, and that's where I got my lighting method from is from from that video because you know you, you kind of torch the outer edge of the cigar to make sure the outer edge burns properly, give the inside just a quick hit, and then from there you you know put it in the mouth and kind of torch it as you draw in and everything, and it's just it it. For my money, it works great, and yeah, you gotta take a little extra time. But my God, you're literally lighting on average a ten dollar bill on fire. You know, take thirty seconds to make sure you're getting a good experience with it. Yeah, and hopefully, some people will appreciate the PSA, you know, the public service announcement as it relates to that. So that's something that came up in the shop the other day that I thought maybe uh, be worth uh, kicking around a little bit with you, Nick. For sure. Well, that's been One Must Go. The One Must Go segment was brought to you by United Cigars. United, we smoke. And while I've got you, I figure we might as well go ahead and do the Villiger Entertainment segment. Jeff's not here, so I'll go ahead and go, Villiger. And uh, guys, if you haven't tried the Villiger cigars, they're fantastic. I've got a uh, care package from them uh, here the other day, and we'll probably be announcing a contest on the Friday show to uh, give away some of that. Um, but, uh, um, so you're gonna want to tune in on that, but you know, if you haven't tried Villiger cigars, they're fantastic. They are, uh, available at a wide variety of shops. Just go onto their website, find the store locator and track down a store near you where you can try a Villiger cigar. Um, and Dan in the Villiger cigar segment, we talk about what we've been watching on TV and, and whatnot lately. Have you been watching anything interesting? Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, Joe Mama just gave me a heads up on this, and it's really my genre, which is the CIA stuff, mm-hmm. Jack Ryan. Yeah, stuff. you and I watched Jack Ryan, the, what, third we season of that. Yeah. amazing that's, that, uh, the, the, I guess season three, I guess. Yeah, yeah, fantastic show. That, 
Yeah, matter of fact, we had to pause that thing and ask each other questions. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like, no, what just happened? What What's going on here? Yeah, exactly. It was complicated. It was jam-packed. But the one that I, so he just gave me this one, which is, it's either, it's called like Night Desk or something like that. It's it's a FBI guy that's got to sit at the, sit at, in this closed-in room at the White House. And these foreign agents and spies or whatever, and it never and the phone never rings. Mm-hmm. And so one night, this guy's sitting there. He's been there for almost a year, and the phone rings, and and the uh, and the agents are in trouble, and the bad guys are outside about to enter their home. And what was interesting about that is we had a guy come in the shop a while back, and um, without going into a lot of details, I asked him a, a question that uh, I didn't want to get anybody in trouble with, but I asked a question. I said, look, I, I like this Tom Clancy stuff, which is, you know, the author of Jack. He created the character Jack Ryan. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you know, without without uh, violating any rules or anything like that, and uh, I, I asked him, I said, now, is this is this Tom Clancy stuff? I mean, is, is this kind of sort of true? And he goes, you know what? He goes, people talk about it all the time, but they're amazed at how close he gets to the actual stuff that's going on in the real world. Yeah. So Nick, I think it's a pretty scary world out there I, for those that are, for those that are in Intel and counterintelligence and all of that. I mean, I think there's some really, you know, you know, bad stuff going on out there. I'm, and, um, and he said, yeah, I, I, you know, I can't get into specifics, but yeah. Uh, 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 the, the guy was kind of, hinting at the fact that uh, he knew uh, from a pretty reliable source that uh, that uh, some of that stuff is 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 pretty darn is pretty darn accurate and matter of fact so I Wikipedia it and there was an investigation where they actually came down and kind of tried to figure out how the heck he was getting this uh, information and I think it was I think it was resolved that a lot of it was open source but you know you got to know what you're looking for yeah. And that's where you fall in, you and Jeff, with your with your journalism. I mean, yeah, it's out there, but putting it all together is is is, is an art form, you know. And and so yeah, that that's uh, that's the show I was watching. It just dropped not that long ago, season one. I thought it was really really good. Okay. Um, on uh, on Netflix. All right. Well, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I I had my son again this weekend, so once again, a lot of story bots. Um, but uh, you know, I've been. Uh, been watching um that and uh the uh new season of succession started on hbo i haven't watched the first episode yet it just dropped we're recording this on monday it just dropped yesterday i'm kind of gonna do with that what i do with a lot of shows and let it bank up for a little bit before i i dive into it because i i just uh when i watch one i like to be able to just go right into the next one if possible and oh uh, my sweet spot is is like three seasons you know if they've got oh, three seasons dropped that, that's i love that stuff because you get through you know 24 30 episodes and uh and uh it's it's just really 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 amazing i was I was talking to the guys at the shop the other day and i was just like you know man when i was a kid you know uh 60 plus years old right now but when i was younger i mean you you, you know if your dad was a lawyer maybe you're going to be a lawyer your dad's a doctor maybe you're going to be a doctor your your dad worked down at the chrysler plant maybe you're going to work at the chrysler plant a plumber whatever carpenter accountant um that kind of thing but um or or at a gas station or whatever it was but man these kids i, I mean god they got so much from television you know, you can go work for the State Department. You can go work for this. You could go into uh, uh, special operations. You could, 
you could uh, some of these jobs that are that are depicted in some of these episodes and shows. I mean, I, I don't know how you would make up a, your mind of what it is you want to do. You know, you could For be sure. a paleontologist. I mean, we didn't had no clue what that was. Yeah. You could go be a Raiders and a Lost Ark guy. I mean, it's kind of cool that that the younger generation have an opportunity now of of what kind of jobs are actually out there. And 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 because you know the old saying, if you do a job that you really enjoy and you're passionate about, you never work a day in your life. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. For sure, for sure. Well, guys, that's been the Villiger Entertainment segment, and uh, Dan. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your evening to come on and chat with us for a little while. I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of uh, housekeeping business and wrap this up. But I wanted to uh, touch on the cigars one more time. What? Tell me a little bit about yours. Well, you know, I'm smoking a Lancero. I don't smoke them a whole lot. Uh, you know, we don't have a whole lot here, but we probably got, you know, 10 out of 5, 8, 10. Uh, Lanceros, maybe six or eight Lanceros out of, you know, 600 plus. So maybe 1% of our cigars are, are Lanceros. And I, and I do enjoy a Lancero, uh, every once in a while, for all the reasons people like them, the flavor and things like that. I do agree with, with Dave that, uh, they don't really move. And therefore, if it's just sitting around there and been sitting around there for a while, um, and as you know, we keep track of, how long that thing sat there with uh, some indications on the box. Uh, and uh, so, so I'll smoke them because they've been sitting there for a while. And, and uh, it's a good, smooth smoke. I mean, the Crown Hit guys do a great job. It's probably done by Ernesto Carrillo, uh, who does most of their uh, of their cigars. My father does their Las Calaveras. And so I'm enjoying this Lancero as kind of a, a change in size. I mean, when you do rotate around from – you can rotate wrapper around, but, but don't be uh, – don't be shy or afraid to uh, rotate around in sizes and shapes and things like that. And, and like you said, cuttings and different things like that. It all it all plays into this cigar smoking experience, you know, in, uh, one way or the other. It does. I mean, it brings something different to the table. And, you know, you might discover that maybe you're more of a Lancero guy than you thought you were. Or maybe you really like uh, torpedoes for some reason. I mean, you know, it's 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 all it's 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 the broader cigar universe. You can expand out. Well, I am uh, nearly finished with my Supreme Leaf here. I'm down to the end, um, and uh, I'm going to try and give it one little quick uh, quick light here just to kind of equalize out that wrapper. It's just a slight little thing there, but I wanted to give one last little retro hail right here at the end. Oh, my. Um <laughs> I was about to say I didn't hear you coughing, but then I did. I did hear a little bit of a, a, of a gag or three quarters of a gag. Yeah, it was there. Um, the uh, the pepper on the retro hail in the last third really ramped up, and in fact, the pepper <laughs> in the smoking experience really ramped up in the last third as well. It it definitely went from I'd say a strong medium bodied cigar for the bulk of it. Um, I think the last third it definitely ramped up to being like. Um, maybe a medium plus to maybe a light heavy. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, kind of like it's, it's that, it's that middle ground between, uh, 
medium and bold. And uh, it definitely picked up there right at the end. But fantastic cigar all the way through. I'm really glad I got to enjoy that tonight. So, Well, well never being a cigarette smoker, I really didn't know how to retrohale. And it took me forever. And then one day, and I was online. This is how you do it. Matong up against the roof and all yeah. this stuff. Pushing it out. Finally, it just happened, you know, where I... I learned kind of like riding a bike. I learned how to do it and, and, you know, doing it, you know, a a, a couple times a cigar or something like that really gives you a different experience. And I think for those that are, um, or have a little bit of time and grade in their cigar journey, they might want to try to keep, you know, keep at it. Eventually you'll, 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 it'll, 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 uh, come around and you'll learn how to do it. And it does give you a totally different experience. And even though sometimes you're, coughing a little bit afterwards it it it, it, it does give uh <clears throat> certainly a different cigar smoking experience and something that I, I really joy and look forward to you know oh for sure there's been a number of cigars just here on the show where while smoking it it's a relatively easy smoking experience and then you do that retro hail and like all these like other flavors typically spice but all these other flavors kind of pop and you realize that there's like a whole nother level to this cigar that you can really only experience if you're if you're pushing the smoke through the nose and um i will admit you know on the show jeff and i try to do it you know, two to three times just to kind of get an idea. Um, but I'll admit yeah. that with my private smoking, you know, just sitting around and having a cigar, I tend to not do it nearly, you know, as frequently just because, you know, I know it's gonna, gonna, gonna make me cough and everything. And so I don't, I don't do it as much, but I do try every once in a while, especially with a, with a cigar that I've never had before, you know, just to experience it and, and get that flavor from it. For For sure. For sure. Well, Dan, I'm going to let you get back to the gentleman in the lounge there. I've kept you a little longer than I intended, but I appreciate your time and uh, insight into everything with the uh, trade shows. And we're going to go ahead and uh, I'll let you go. And then that way I can uh, do the little bit of last minute business and get this show wrapped up. All right, Nick. Well, hey, thanks. Always great to talk to you. All the best to everybody out there in Sakara Pulpit world. And uh, I will chat with you soon, Nick. Thanks so much, Dan. You have a good evening. Okay, you too. All right. Bye-bye. So, guys, that was Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company, and we are at the point in the show where I am going to tell you a, well, I'll let the I'll let Pinky do it. This would normally be the time that I give some information about my monthly cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks. Thanks. And we want to give a shout out to the fucking good uh, coffee over there at My Monthly Cigars and everything. But we also want to give a shout out to Nick Gervais, who just celebrated his birthday the other day. Happy birthday, Nick Gervais. Otherwise, uh, we'll get to the socials. We are available on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit, as well as at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. That's his page. We're also on Facebook, where we have the Pulpit Parishioners group, where you can get in on the fun, take part in that, and uh, share your cigars and 
bust our balls and, you know, whatever else we have going on there. We are available on Twitter, where we don't really do a whole lot. We're on YouTube, where you can watch this. Admittedly, this show is basically just me, um, because uh, Dan joined us by phone. And then um, we do need your calls for Ask the Boys, area code 863-874-0000. That show is going to be coming up on the uh, 31st, March 31st. And you're going to want to get your calls, questions, whatever in so that we can address those on the show and uh, have you participate. So make sure you get your calls in. Area code 863-874-0000. Otherwise, guys, uh, this has been a show. I really do appreciate Dan the Man Ponder for taking time out of his night. I called him kind of last minute to uh, join me and uh, take part in this. And so I really do want to thank him for, for taking time um, and, and uh, giving his insight into the shows as well as uh, taking part in the segments with me. Jeff should be back for Friday's show. I believe um, he just had a little bit of uh, stuff with his office building to take care of. Um, but uh, no, we, uh, we should get back to normal on Friday. So, guys, uh, final thoughts on the Agonorsa Leaf. Loved it. If you haven't tried the Agonorsa Leaf Supreme Leaf, do yourself a favor and get one. It's a fantastic smoke all the way down to the end. Otherwise, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. Stay safe and stay smoky. Take it easy, guys.